You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good day. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Sowell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a baby? What's crack a It's time for the serious side of the James Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Joe Biden is heading into Super Tuesday this week with a big victory. Biden scored a convincing win in South Carolina's primary this weekend. I told you all that you could launch a candidacy. You launched Bill Clinton, Barack Obama to the presidency. Now you launched our campaign on the path to defeating Donald Trump. Biden speaking there in Columbia, South Carolina, after the Associated Press declared him the winner shortly after polls closed. Biden scored a decisive and much-needed win on the strength of black voters. Biden and four other Democratic presidential candidates will be in Selma, Alabama today to help commemorate the 55th anniversary of Bloody Sunday when civil rights marches were beaten by police while crossing a bridge. Alabama, one of the 14 states holding nominating contests this week as the campaign shifts to Super Tuesday. Following a disappointing showing in South Carolina, the billionaire hedge fund investor and environmental activist Tom Steyer is ending his campaign. And Pierce Juana Summers reports. Tom Steyer bet it all on South Carolina, spending more time and more money here than any other candidate with a focus on the state's black voters. But in the end, former Vice President Joe Biden and Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders came out ahead. He broke the news to his supporters Saturday night. I said if I didn't see a path to winning, that I'd suspend my campaign. And honestly, I can't see a path where I can win the presidency. 
Sire spoke briefly and emotionally and told his supporters that he has zero regrets. Juana Summers, NPR News, Columbia, South Carolina. Washington State Governor Jay Inslee has declared a state of emergency because of the new strain of coronavirus. The governor announced the move after uh, following the first coronavirus fatality in the U.S., a man in his 50s in Seattle who had underlying health issues. Dozens of others in the state are being tested. Gabriel Spitzer from member station KNKX reports. The man who died had no history of overseas travel or contact with other known carriers. Public Health Seattle and King County officials also say two people at a suburban long-term care center have tested positive. More than 50 staffers and residents there are showing respiratory symptoms. Dr. Frank Rito is with Evergreen Health Hospital. What we're seeing is the tip of the iceberg. So we're seeing the most critically ill individuals. Usually that means there's a significant percentage of individuals of less severe illness floating around out there. The nursing home outbreak came to light after federal officials broadened their guidelines on who should be tested for the novel coronavirus. For NPR News, I'm Gabriel Spitzer in Seattle. The Trump administration, meanwhile, is instituting a new ban on travel to Iran and is urging Americans not to travel to certain parts of Italy and South Korea because of the coronavirus. This is NPR. Coming up next on The Serious Side. Tonight, the governor of Washington declaring a state of emergency after the first known coronavirus death in the U.S. We are having uh, increasing cases in the United States, and we expect to see increasing cases locally. I I guess the only way you do this is jump in and speak twice as long as you should. (laughs) Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Look, a guy is a friend of mine down here named Fritz Hollings. He passed away. He said, you want to know what a man and woman will do? Look what they've done. Look what they've done. You talk about concerned about race. Well, my good friend on the end of this platform, he in fact bought a system that was a private prison system. After, after he knew that in fact what happened was they hogtied young men in prison here in this state. They in fact made sure that in Georgia they did not have health care for the people who were being held. They in fact went on and he said, after he knew that he bought it and then he said he was proud of his accomplishment you talk about what we're talking about with bernie bernie in fact hasn't passed much of anything the fact of the matter okay. is but no, i get to answer no, no. i get to answer that. Please, please, no, that look the fact is here's the deal i'm not out of time you spoke over time and i'm going to talk here's the deal a night of celebration for democratic presidential hopeful joe biden and his supporters After several disappointing results in other U.S. states, the former vice president finally secured a solid win in South Carolina. Biden received a clear boost from African-American voters. All those you've been knocked down, counted out, left behind, this is your campaign. You said the other day in the cabinet room uh, with African-American leaders, you've got to get away from politics. Uh, you were down in Charleston last night using the word hoax when talking about Democrats. Somebody now is dead from this. Do you regret 
that kind of no, talk? No, no, no. Hoke's referring to uh, the action that they take to try and pin this on somebody because we've done such a good job. The hoax is on them. Not, I'm not talking about what's happening here. I'm talking what they're doing. That's the hoax. That's just a continuation of the hoax, whether it's uh, the impeachment hoax or the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. This is what I'm talking about. Uh, certainly not referring to this. How could anybody refer to this? This is very serious stuff. Uh, but the way they refer to it, because these people have done such an incredible job, and I don't like it when they are criticizing these people, and that's the hoax. That's what I'm talking about. When we win, we put everything on the table, have a discussion, and see where we go from here. Uh, but it's not about causing any division as we go forward. Unity, unity, unity. Whoever our nominee is, we will support with respect for his or her positions and hopefully with their respect for our positions as well. I got into... I got into this race for really, really good reasons. I got into this race because I thought that people weren't adequately addressing racial injustice in this country. And it's true. And it's true. And I thought that we were at risk as a country in terms of climate and that that expressed itself in terms of environmental injustice. And we've certainly seen that and that's true. And that we live in a country that's deeply unjust economically, where rich people have been profiting at the expense of everybody else. And that's really true. And my family and I have been working on those things for decades. And let me say one last thing. When the Lord closes a door, He opens a window. I will find that window and crawl through it with you. I promise you that. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Wild Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Wild. Good morning, folks. My name is Jay Wild, and good morning, and welcome to the serious side. Here are the topics that we will discuss today, March 1st, 2020. The coronavirus. A man in his 50s died over the weekend of the coronavirus. This is a serious thing, and we as Americans really need to be diligent. What can we do to make sure that our family and friends are safe from this thing that's starting to spread throughout the U.S.? Biden's big week. Vice President Joe Biden had a great week starting with a strong debate performance and ended with a big win in South Carolina. Will this give him the momentum he needs to compete on Tuesday, Super Tuesday? And time to bounce. Tom, Tom Steyer graciously bowed out of the race last night, but is it time for others to follow his lead? Which, if you ask me, I'm thinking that it is. I never show the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the best in the biz. First, let me start with my big sis, Vanessa Maybelli from the Macanelli. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you doing? And welcome to the show, hon. Good morning. Good morning, Jay. Good morning from Texas because, baby, we oh are my in God, this you're in race. Texas? We are in wow. this thing. Do you hear me, Jay? We in it. Everybody coming to Houston because they want to come and show their face and 
talk and Warren and Biden and and what's that name? Bloomberg. Everybody coming to Houston. For everybody. Okay. Everybody. Everybody's in <laughs> Everybody's in the place to be. All right. Well, welcome I'm in. Thank you so you. much, the man. The man who I call the educator brother, my little brother, and the man who brings knowledge every Sunday to the show. Let's bring him in, my main man, Mr. Johnny D, in the place to be. What's going on, Johnny? How you doing, brother? Good morning. I'm doing well, doing well. Once I know again, you're not used uh, to it, right, because usually usually she's gone. I know it, it caught you off guard this morning. Go ahead, brother. How you doing? <laughs> but, but I tell you what, though, Vic, bro, it's amazing uh, how excited she is. She is about being in Texas, so hey, it, it is a lovely thing. Miss, Miss Vanessa <laughs> inspires me each week. Good uh, morning. Jerome, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, and to all of the listeners, uh, once again a a a, a news field week, and uh, I know it's a lot of topics we're gonna speak about, and there's a lot of topics that we will certainly ponder and 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 have to. Well, in, in in the negative um, with with this with this retro thing uh, in Washington, but Jay, like I say again, once again, I'm blessed, man. Thankful to be here. Thankful to be a part of the show. And again, thank you for the 30 plus years of your friendship and love. Oh my goodness, look, this guy's trying to make me cry on oh, Sunday morning. I'm not gonna so do it. Sweet. I'm not gonna do it. Not going to do it. Not going to work there, Big Daddy. We're moving right past you. Please pass me the tissue, Tito. Hey, my man, the one who I call the smartest guy in the world, uh, the guy who really runs everything around here, well, he ain't the smartest guy in the world because me and him just disagree on everything, but I love him so much and there's nothing I won't do for him. I laid a life down for this man, the one and only wow. Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, man. How you doing? Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Good morning, dog. And of course, our dear friend and colleague, uh, Mr. Jerome Esprit, who actually is, or at least he thinks he is, the smartest man in the world. He joins us usually after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. But until then, we hold it down. The number is 347 You can jump in and be a part of the conversation, or you can uh, jump in our world-famous chat room. And uh, if you're not a racist, Mr. Elias will acknowledge you, or you can hang out on one of the many social media websites we monitor throughout the course of the show. And we will definitely make sure that your voice is heard during the chatterbox section of the show. We have a lot to get into, so without any further ado, let's do it. Tonight, the governor of Washington declaring a state of emergency after the first known coronavirus death in the U.S. We are having uh, increasing cases in the United States, and we expect to see increasing cases locally. The CDC says a man in his 50s with underlying health conditions has died, and he had no known travel to China. The state also confirms an outbreak at a long-term care facility, two people associated with the facility testing positive, and more than 50 patients and staff now being tested. We're in the process of investigating this situation as an outbreak. One of those cases is a woman in her 70s in serious condition. President Trump gave a late afternoon press conference before the CDC confirmed the death. Unfortunately, one person passed away overnight, medically high-risk patient. The president and his team attempting to calm the nation's fears. There's no reason to panic at all. Uh, this is something that is being handled professionally. The country as a whole, because we get asked that all the time, still remains at low risk. But when we say that, we want to underscore.
or that this is an evolving situation. This brings the total number of Americans diagnosed with COVID-19 to at least 69. The CDC investigating at least eight cases of unknown origin, which means the patients did not travel outside the country, nor did they have contact with symptomatic individuals. At least three states, Washington, Oregon, and California, are now seeing cases of community spread. A high school student in Washington among those cases and possibly the youngest now in quarantine. The student developed symptoms last week but returned to school after feeling better, unknowingly putting dozens if not hundreds more at risk. We elected to close it in an abundance of caution and care for the children and adults in our schools and community. And in Oregon, an elementary school employee showing symptoms in Clackamas County who may have exposed students and staff. Authorities disinfecting campuses, warning parents to be on alert. Well, I tell you what, this thing with the coronavirus is serious, and I think folks need to start paying attention to it. So let's start the conversation right there, Mr. Elias. I mean, the bottom line is that the president came out this actually yesterday and, and gave a, a press conference. And you know, the thing about this guy is, in a time of need, we really don't give a damn what his political affiliation is. He needs to step up to the plate and be a leader. And this president, in my opinion, is just incapable of doing these types of things. That press conference was a mix of trying to point fingers at, you know, who's to blame and trying to protect his presidency, even though he did put some information out. But like he did the week, like he did in the press conference prior to this one uh, about the coronavirus, you know, he, he, he tries to, it's like he almost does things on purpose just to try to make sure that his point is right. Like, for example, he talked about how there's, 20, there's 21 uh, cases of, of this virus. When we knew at the time there was over 60, and yet still he won't acknowledge what the, the, the press is putting out there. So what do you think, Mr. Elias? I mean, how should Americans react knowing that you have this guy in the White House, and what precautions should Americans be taking to prevent themselves from this? And is this a serious thing that we all need to be on alert for? Well, Jay, you know, it's nothing more than a common cold. That's what I was told. <laughs> you know, come on, man. Look, dude, people are dying from this. It's, it's something serious. You know, look at the stock market falling the way it's falling. You know, come on. Um, wow, it's just, it's, un- and, and didn't he say that if a president, uh, whoever's in charge of the stock market uh, falls a thousand points, they should have been putting a cannon and shot out of it. Well, where you at? Going dropping that stuff. Going dropping that camera. What did he say that though, sir? At context of that that statement that you made. That that, yeah, yeah, go ahead. That comment that comment was made when Barack Obama took uh, was in was the president. He said any any president that's in charge and the stock market falls a thousand percent, it should be put in a cannon and shot out of it. Yes, that's and that's a tweet of his. That's one of his tweets. Why aren't you dropping in the cannon right now, sir? Why aren't you dropping in that cannon? You know, and the bottom line is this really thing mad. is serious. Look, hey, he said it. He said any president. You're really mad. You called him sir. So, so, so when you called him sir, you I'm know. thinking, wow, you really fired up. <laughs> because when you don't curse and call him yeah. sir, that really means that mad is at a whole different level. Go ahead, sir. I'm sorry for interrupting. But the bottom, but the bottom line is this, man. This, this coronavirus is serious. Let's just, let's just take a look at it. Um, don't you think that there's going to be massive layoffs? There's going to be people missing work. There's, I mean, think about people going to restaurants now or going out now. You know, hey, man, when the coronavirus hits your area, people are going to just 
hey, they're gonna start going out. You know, they're gonna they're gonna stop stop moving around. They're gonna do it. They're gonna they're gonna stay at home. They just stay away from it. You know, people are scared right now, and this president and this administration is telling and telling these the experts to to not say anything unless you coordinate it with us, huh? Why do I have to coordinate with you and I'm an expert? Why? Because you don't. Because you're putting out lies to 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 to, to cover this thing up. You're putting out lies to say, oh, it's not it's not as bad as what people think. Okay. And 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 my and, and my dumb coworkers at work, they do the same thing. They say, oh, he said it ain't that bad, so it ain't that bad. I said, well, I tell you what, when you open up that doorknob, I'm gonna use a wag to open up the doorknob. I'm using. I got hand sanitizer at my desk right now, but I don't want. I don't. I don't shake hands with nothing, cats. Because you don't think it's serious enough. Don't even talk. I said, when you talk to me, stay five feet away from me. That's how serious I'm. Wow. Wow, that's a good thing, uh, and that's a public inert, uh, public uh, uh, awareness announcement. Mr. Elliott. That's a good PSA, public service announcement, I should say. Make sure that uh, you know you carry plenty of hand sanitation because this is one of those situations where Vanessa, that is preventable. That all you have to do is make sure you do things to protect yourself. I guess when I say preventable, you can reduce the risk greatly. Even though uh, experts are saying that Americans shouldn't just go bonkers about this, but it is also it is also true, Vanessa, that you know uh, we. We may not have, we may not have, uh, we don't have all the testing in place to determine, you know, how many people who are actually, you know, who has actually contracted this and people who may be affected, you know, because it's like one of those situations where you get a false, uh, a false uh, uh, diagnosis and you think it's a common cold, you go back to school and all of a sudden, you know, you're sneezing and, you know, I was at my daughter's school every Friday. I go to lunch with my daughter and, it, and uh, you know, and I sit down and have lunch with her and, and, and her best friend was sitting at our table, and, and so I bought her lunch in as well. And and, and so they, the school was serving Frito pie. And so you know, since I had bought the lunch, they weren't going to participate. But, you know, my daughter was like, hey, I think I want some. So her friend went and ate some Frito pie from one of her other friends to say, oh, it doesn't taste good. And I thought about that right then. I'm like, kids are out here just being kids. People are being people, and you never know if they're spreading this stuff, because now it seems, based on what's happening on the West Coast, that people are contracting this, and they haven't even been to Asia. So, once again, your thoughts on the coronavirus, and, you know, or do you think that this guy is fit to lead us through this crisis? Because, let's be honest, this is probably the first major crisis that he has experienced during his presidency. So, what say you? Let me first start, Jay, by saying... Um, he's not taking this serious enough to me. I was really upset when he said yesterday, no, I'm taking this serious, and other people should take this serious. I wasn't saying that I said it was a hoax. It's too serious to be a hoax, and blah, blah, blah. When his son is on national TV, Fox News, saying that the Democrats hope that millions of people die from this corona. I mean, I'm like, Tell your son to shut up while he up there saying that the Democrats want people to die from this disease. The next thing is, who is Mike Pence? When did he go get a doctorate or become a doctor to be able to be over something that's like Ebola? They say it's worse than Ebola because this is airborne. This is touchable. So if it's on the table and you didn't cough within like a day, it's 
still viable for a day or two. It might not be for three days if that table's not wiped down with alcohol or something. So I kind of been paying attention to this seriously, Bobby and I, because we travel so much. And I already travel with hand sanitizer on one of those little links that will hook to your belt hook. I've been doing that for the last couple of years because we're out everywhere. Say this to people. When you get on the airplane, get your, ta- your tray table down. Stop putting your children's potato chips and jelly beans and all this on the tray table because if you think that those flight attendants are going to wipe off 200 tray tables in between flights for an hour, you're crazy. It's not going to happen. So stop doing that. Wipe it off. Put their children's snacks on a napkin or something. And stop sending your children on those tray tables, okay? Next thing is, if somebody is coughing because it's airborne, I have asthma. So people look at me like I have a disease, what I call. Just put your hand over your toes for like two or three minutes and let it pass because it's airborne. The next thing is, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Your hands. And what's his name? That man who's on CNN, that's the doctor, uh, keeps saying, well, wash your hands. And you know what, Ness? You're right. I don't know what you do with your house. I don't know you come out the bathroom. I've seen ladies walk out the bathroom and not wash their hands. I can tell when your feet are right on out that door. I can tell that you didn't wash your hands. So people don't have to take it seriously. And people are so afraid of this disease, y'all, that Bobby and I, and I swear I'm not being funny. Bobby and I just got a cool for $300 each out of here today for some days. Because people are so. Uh, we're, we're we're having some. This is my. This is on my end. We're having some issues here in Vanessa. I'm not sure if I'm the only one that's doing it. Vanessa, let's see if we can get your your mic fixed on this thing because yeah, you have putting out some good advice, but it's unfortunate that you're coming in and out. So let's let's get her muted and we'll check her with her here in a second. All right, Johnny D, man, give us your thoughts on this uh, whole thing with the coronavirus, man. Well, it's serious. It really and truly is. And, you know, it's a lot of things that that, that alarm me. Um, more importantly, when you talk to those those, those Trump Republicans and, and, and those Trump persons, how they try to downplay the seriousness of the unknown. Surely, when you look at statistically the flu versus the coronavirus, or COVID-19, the the numbers of uh, influenza cases are, are far more staggering. Uh, some 32 million reported in, in 2019-20, and some 32,000 deaths. Okay, but however, there is a cure in in a vaccination to the flu, whereas with the COVID or coronavirus. There is yet to be any cure for it. So that's the alarming thing, seeing as how it's spreading into at least 50 different countries. So at this point, there's probably some deaths that have not been related to it. Uh, Part of what concerns me about the spread within the communities is if you go back to the Ebola um, pandemic, and that that was some 11,000, 12,000 people were killed. Uh, beginning in 2014, but the, the, the liberties that Americans uh, exhibit, uh, I think the young lady was in Maine, 
and she was supposed to be quarantined. Uh, I believe she was a nurse, and of course she refused to quarantine, and she riding around on a bicycle within the community. So that's the type of mentality that we have here in America. That's 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 alarming. Look at the number of kids and look at the number of parents now that don't vaccinate their kids, and therefore now you've got smallpox and all types of diseases that have been basically dormant for hundreds of years. And now because I'm an American and I got the right not to choose to be vaccinated or I got the right not to be quarantined, you know, we express these liberties not understanding the significance of what you impact your neighbors. And that that's even more of a concern. You look at, at, at you know, with two billion people in China, you know, the numbers are pretty proportional in regards because being in a in, 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 in a in a country like that, those folks have no choice but to comply to the quarantine. But see in America you know, like I say, we, we, we got these beliefs that we can just do and say whatever we want to and infringe on other people's rights and benefits. And that's the thing that scares me the most is the fact that you're going to have a parent who's going to see some symptoms and they're going to say, well, I'm not going to quarantine or, you know, look at the ones that, that was quarantined that was on that boat and then they ended up going to uh, the community and they exposed the healthcare workers. Well, if the healthcare workers get in there and they start dying out and there's no vaccination, then, of course, do you think they're going to truly be receptive to, to treating the unknown? I just don't think so. And then this administration doesn't help out because everything is such a top secret. Everything is about the economy. You know, your quality of life matters. But I remember Oprah Winfrey. Um, and, 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 you know, again, some might say that she can say this, but Oprah Winfrey asked some of her studio audiences, you know, if you could wish for one thing, what, what could you wish for? And everybody would wish for multiple things, and somebody said money, and Oprah Winfrey wished for health, good health. And as I've gotten older, I understand the importance of that. You can have all of the luxuries in that the Americans entitled to believe that we have, but without good health, you can't enjoy it. I mean, look, yeah. look at look at right. you know, Prince That's and Michael right. Jackson and all of these entertainers who had the lives of luxury, but yet they they they, they were held hostage within within their own anguish and pain, and they couldn't enjoy yeah. life. So subsequently, look at the questionable deaths that they had. So your health matters, and because we like to express our liberties and our freedoms, I'm just concerned that as it ventures into the shores of America, that you'll have. The same thing that this young lady in Maine had. I mean, it really pissed me off, yep. man. You know, everybody that's with yeah. this Ebola. I, I can you hear it, Brother Malcolm. Yeah, I mean, I can hear Brother Malcolm. But let me jump in, Johnny, real quick because we're, we're towards the okay. end of the break, and, and I want to. And Jerome is in, Brother Malcolm. I mean, I tell you what, man. That's why you wear that bow tie and, and those glasses, Brother Malcolm. I love it. Oh my goodness, I wish we just had so much time. All right, let's bring in. He is here, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome is free from his free radio and uh, his free radio dot net, and the man who brings us on a weekly basis, on a need to know basis, right here on the serious side, man. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing morning, well, man. You washing your hands, morning. taking the proper uh, precautions. To make sure that you, you, you're not spreading. Always wash my hands. Yeah, yeah you're doing the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, man, close this out on this set, brother. Talk to us, man. Well, what do you think, man? Just give us your overall perspective of what's happening with the coronavirus. And, you know, do you think we. Well, I know what your comment would be on that. So I'll just say, hey, man, listen, the floor is yours. Close this out on this, man. Give us your perspective on this. What's, what's Jerome thinking? Um, I am thinking uh, nothing in particular. I mean, it's just that. You know, just like everything else, there's a difference between 
the message that's coming out from those fools opposed to what you should normally do for, like, hygiene generally. I mean, we had, you know, when you have salmonella and all these other things, a lot of that stuff is literally coming from just bad hygiene. You know, like when you keep passing viruses, and so this virus um, is no different in the way it's passed. Uh, you see all the time people not covering their mouths. They don't have, you know, have good sense to not cough towards somebody and all that other stuff. And so this is really serious, and I think that people need to just be conscious about it because it is going to spread like flus normally spread, and we need to be conscious about how we um, our hygiene around other people and ourselves. Wow. I mean, you know, I, just just to close out here, my little two cents on that, I just think that we're in a real, real big issue and that when you have a guy like you have in the White House who's all about, he's concerned about his feelings, he's concerned about whether his presidency is legitimate, you know, the fact that uh, the agencies who track this stuff, you know, this guy said during one of his press conferences, I don't like having people around, you know, I mean, if they're not doing anything, let's get rid of them. I mean, what, what kind of damn... What kind of sense is that? So we're saying if we follow your, we follow that process. That means that when there's a, a, a lull time, you know, at the hospital, then we should just get rid of the nurses and let them go home. Or, or you know, maybe you're in a small town and and you know there's no deaths for the last three weeks. So what do you do? You just, just shut the funeral homes. I mean, this got his logic behind things, um, and he tries to use this cookie cutter format where you know that may work in business. But every business, you can't do that. You need folks that are continually to do the research. So when something like this happens, then you let them go. And like I always say, I say, keep it simple, stupid, kiss. And for all you Trumpsters out there, let's just put it, or break it down to a level where you can understand. Most of the time, the fire department don't have a damn thing to do. So should we just get rid of the fire, just fire them all? And then when a fire happens, then you're on the phone trying to call people to get them to the, to the fire station? Come on, man. Think about what you're talking about and be smart about it as you continue to, you know, s- support this idiot. All right, in this week's edition of Informative Select, so something that, that you need to know. This is not something that you really need to know. It's something that I think uh, we need to have some, 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 some uh, we need to laugh a little bit. So this past week, <laughs> Saturday Night Live took a stab at the press conference that the president gave. So let's listen to a little bit of that. It's time for this week's edition of Informative Select, so something that, you know what you don't need to know, but I want you to know. Right here on the serious side on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. We'll be right back. Thank you all for coming. I'm Vice President Mike Pence. Most of you know me from the sentence, even if Trump was removed, we'd still be stuck with Mike Pence. President Trump has put me in charge of the coronavirus, even though I don't believe in science. And I have to admit, this disease has been quite a test of my faith, just like Dinosaur Bones or Timothy Chalamet. But I'm prepared for the challenge. We've assembled a very experienced team of some of the best people left in government. Led by one of the most brilliant minds in medicine, Dr. Ben Carson. Hello. Hello. I'm Ben Carson. You know, the brain surgeon that they put in charge of house development. Well, this.
actually do know about, and rest assured in my expert opinion, it's going to be bad. Oh, uh, ben, don't say that. I asked you here to put people at ease and educate them about the virus. Oh, okie dokie, okie. So here's what we know so far. It looks like this. Uh, as you can see from his sharp teeth, he's a nasty little thing. Here, Mike. Uh, <laughs> but don't panic. There are still simple precautions that we can all take, like covering your mouth when you cough, and as always, closing your eyes during intercourse. Also, we suggest getting these wonderful Make America Great Again masks from the White House website. It may take a couple of months for delivery because they are made in Wuhan, China. Okay. All right. Thank you, Dr. Carter. Oh, it's bad. All right. Thank you. Thank you. The important thing is that now is the time for unity and not the time to politicize this issue. So let's take some questions. Uh, yes, Mike Bloomberg. Bloomberg News. Uh, I have a question. What are you doing here? How'd you get past security? Well, I just walked in coughing and everybody got out of my way. <laughs> my question is, doesn't it seem like a good time to have a president who's competent and capable, even if that candidate lacks charisma or ability to connect with human beings? Mr. Bloomberg, with all due respect, I'm not sure that I understand your question. Okay, let me say it for you in Spanish. Porque el presidente, Trumpito, is mucho ay ay ay. Am I correct, though? Yeah, I got a question for you, Mayor. <laughs> Senator Warren, what are you doing here? Did you really think you were going to get away from me, Nathan? <laughs> it's my job now. I follow you around, make your life a living hell. I might be fifth in the polls, but I'm number one in your nightmares. Speaking of number one, guess who just kicked... <laughs> guess who just kicked butt in South Cracker Barrel? Joe Biden, you look different. Yeah, the surgery is starting to settle. Now listen, folks. If we want to fight China cough, we got to be smart. We got to make sure to get new teeth daily. Now, here's an honest-to-goodness true story based loosely on fake events. The year was 19 Ricky Ticky Tabby, and me and Nelson Mandela were palling around South Africa Green Book style. We have one elephant between us, and who do we run into but the Ebola monkey? And weird story longer, I wrestled that sucker to mercy. Beep, bop, bip. That's how I convinced Mandela that Whitey was okay. Hey, hey, wait. Hey, what about me possibly winning the nomination, huh? You got to admit, folks, universal health care doesn't sound too crazy now, does it? Bernie, this is not the time to politicize this issue. Hey, I'm having the best week of my freaking life. I had a little setback in South Carolina, but I'm ahead in the other polls. Wall Street billionaires are losing their shirts. And best of all, nobody wants to come near me, much less touch me. I'm in heaven. Can I speak? Hey, sure. Why don't you start telling us what's in that NDA? Well, I keep telling you it's nothing. It's just I made a little joke to a female employee, and she didn't like it. Yeah, what was the joke? All right. Knock, knock. Who's there? Uh, it's your boss, Mike. Listen, get rid of that baby. 
Talk about what we're talking about with Bernie. Bernie, in fact, hasn't passed much of anything. The fact of the matter okay. is, but I no, get to answer no, no. That. I get to answer that. See, look, no, that, look. The fact is, here's the deal. I'm not out of time. You spoke over time, and I'm going to talk. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. A night of celebration for Democratic presidential hopeful Joe Biden and his supporters. After several disappointing results in other U.S. states. The former vice president finally secured a solid win in South Carolina. Welcome back here, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You listen to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network. Biden had a big week, boy. He had a great week with a strong debate performance, and then he ended it last night with a big, big, big win. I hear some noise in the background. If you guys get whoever that is, reduce that. I would appreciate it. Uh, a big, big, big win in South Carolina. And when I tell you that it was a big win, it was even bigger than experts believe. So let me start this conversation with you, Jerome. How significant was the win? How good was the week for Biden? And do you think this is going to help him as we approach Super Tuesday uh, right here uh, in the great USA of America? What do you think, man? Man, that was a lot of questions. I can just say this. Um, I'm sure this is nothing different than what I said probably a couple of months ago. Is that okay? When, when it comes down to it, um, Biden, you know, I, and as I watch like political punditry, you know, I always kind of remember that they're overlooking Biden for a narrative, right? So the whole narrative that played out in South Carolina. When people say nobody saw that coming, that's not true. And at the same time, it's it's the concept of trying to split split black voters. And so those narratives that, you know, Sanders is catching, you know, Biden and the black voters and whatever, I can name off and I, matter of fact, the the issue is like there's a narrative that a certain demographic of young black voter voters um, they're saying Bernie Sanders got like 40% of them. And that sounds like significant. But the truth is, out of three out of four categories, Biden won. In every significant category, whether they're black or white, Biden beat them. In every county, Biden beat them. Right? And so there's this one county that's very Republican in South Carolina. And um, the numbers that just came out, when you talk about getting people out to vote, that Bernie narrative is like he's going to bring people out to vote. Well, this one county from 2008 um, to now, which was Obama's race, there were 10,000 more voters in that area for Democrats than was in 2008. It was 20,000 more at this particular primary than it was in 2016. And Biden killed them in that area and that's a white area that's a that's a suburban white area 20,000 more votes in 2016 and they went for Biden that should tell you something because there that narrative of it's just black people in South Carolina how is he going to play in rural white areas or suburban white areas 
he rocked them in that area. So this is this problematic for everybody else in the field. But, you know, when you got a billion dollars, you're not dropping out of this thing. And, you know, Buddha Judge and those guys are going to stay there until they, until they get, you know, beat bad on, um, on Super Tuesday. So just as a, a perspective on South Carolina, South Carolina, it didn't overperform. It's, the problem is they cannot measure black people when they do polling. So when everybody was going on TV trying to make everything even, they couldn't see that black people are more pragmatic and conservative, and it was not moving nobody that all these people spent all this money, you know, trying to, you know, um, on the media side, and Biden was second to last in how much money he spent in South Carolina. So as we go forward and people saying Biden doesn't have any money, Biden didn't spend a lot of money in South Carolina. And he, he won by 29 percentage points. So before anybody calls in and corrects me on that, I just want you to do math really quickly. Bernie Sanders got 19.9 percent. Um, Biden got, what was it, um, 48.4. So if you roughly, that's 28.5. So they usually round up, just like they round up everybody else. So it was clearly about 29 percent, almost 30 percentage points. He beat him by it. That's unheard of. So I don't know how you come back or spin that somehow that that race was is going to be a blip on the screen for anybody. I think it was a very good night, but I think that a lot of people saw that coming. And sometimes when you run races, you cannot do it by who has the most money or who has the most people at a rally sometimes because the energy on the ground is a lot different than what people see on TV. So I think that this... Um, most people may try to blow it off as nobody saw it coming, but um, I think it was a good night for – it was more than just a good night for um, Joe Biden because it will allow him to raise money. So the impression on TV for the next three days is, you know, the picture of Biden and going forward, and so that's going to help him raise money. But on the ground, I think it I wasn't unexpected. It shouldn't have been unexpected. Well, Vanessa, you know that uh, a lot of people are saying it was a big win for Biden, and, and you know, this is going to give him the juice that he needs going into Super Tuesday and, and, and all those good things. But people are also saying that when you go back and kind of look at some of the polls or the polling information for some of these big states that are coming up in a few days, uh, that Bernie Sanders is still uh, in a command position there. So what do you think, man? What do you think, Vanessa? What do you think about the fact that, you know, Biden won and, and uh, it's looking all good? I know you were excited. I got a text from you. I think we all did. Somebody that you want to put some money into the Biden pot. He looks like he raised over $5 million uh, overnight. And uh, So what do you think? What do you think about this whole thing? You know, I, I have been for Biden from the beginning. Um, I, I haven't wavered with that. I haven't changed with that. He's just a person I think can pull us out. I think that, he, that Texas, Harris County, and Houston is in play for real because they are spending so much money coming to Houston. And if you notice, Jay, I've been I'm seeing TV commercials from people that I've never seen running, throwing commercials in Houston. I mean, it's unbelievable. And I just sent you guys a text message showing you where Biden's organization asked because somebody come and stay at my house to help his campaign while they are on the ground 
working Texas, would I be willing to have an event for him at my house? Or would I be willing to let one of his staff members stay at my house? So I know that that sounds unbelievable. So I sent that to you guys so y'all could see that they're asking me this. That's why I always get polled and y'all always wonder about me getting polled. I don't know how I got on it, y'all. But I am I just wish they would let me cuckle for something. But I, I, I think that these people that are young, I had this conversation with Jerome. I think these people who are saying on Facebook and through the airline I used to work for, I'm going to vote for Pete because I like Pete. Why are you wasting a vote on Pete when Pete's not going to be in the running? Why don't you go ahead and decide if you're going to vote for either Bernie or vote for Biden? But don't waste a vote like that. Put it with somebody that's going to be able to do something. Don't say, I'm going to vote for somebody just because I'll willy-nilly. Don't waste a vote. They think they sick of me on Facebook. Oh, you just wait until tomorrow when I start flooding them with get out and go vote. If they think they sick of me. <laughs> I, I think Biden has a good chance if people would stop playing with their vote. Because Bernie Sanders, he ain't helping no union people. Last, he ain't helping us. He's not. Hmm. Well, speaking of which, you invoked the man. You invoked the man. Go, Uncle Joe. <laughs> you invoke the man who gets the first and last word, but not on this segment. But, Mr. Elias, let's hear from you, man. What do you think, man? You think about Biden had a strong uh, d- debate performance. A lot of people felt that he did. And, you know, I mean, especially the line, hey, listen, everybody just gets to talk. I'm going to start talking and be a little bit more aggressive because I think he had he had heard that. A lot of people said, you know, they wish he had a little bit more fight. Uh, so he displayed that during the debate. And, and, of course, he had a big, big, big win last night. And, and you know, and hopefully uh, this will propel him into Super Tuesday which you know and by the way he has nothing he has no television ads up in any of these any of these states and people say well he got five million dollars overnight but yeah but it takes two you're not going to be able to get ads up in time uh, so to be a waste of money because you really need you know it's advertisement you need to you know you need to inundate uh, people with that information so Mr. Ellis what do you think man about Biden's big 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 week Oh, I, I thought it was great, Jay, to be honest, man. I mean, in South Carolina, man, I, I knew he was polling well, but then, you know, you look at look at some of these polls, which I don't believe in polls. They said that the um, that Bernie was right. He, they was neck and neck with Bernie. And it was like, eh, nah, he wasn't neck and neck with Bernie. You know, come on, let's just be honest. You know, South Carolina was going to, you know, be Biden. So let, let, let's just see what happens on Super Tuesday, man. I'm hoping, I'm hopeful this is the minimum, the minimum he needs to push him because, you know, he's predicted to beat, uh, you know, Trump. He's leading Trump in, every, in, in, in all aspects of it. So we'll see, man. We'll see. All right. And, you know, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, the Post did the same thing where, you know, President Obama, when he ran, it was saying that it was a lot closer than what it was. And bam, it was like a blowout. All right, Johnny, man, uh, finish this set out for us, man. Your thoughts on Biden's week and uh, what do you think this will do for his campaign? Oh, my Lord, what's that? Yeah, you know what? He had a big week. Uh, it started off with the debate. Then he I thought he handled himself real well there, and you know, I'm I'm, I'm gonna go and reach out and give James Clyburn, uh, the kingmaker, some 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 credit on that. Uh, he, he stood by uh, Joe Biden, of course. Uh, you 
know, it was it was kind of a last minute ordeal, but I guess he wanted to to have a big surprise. But the reality of it is, is that it, it, it worked out. Uh, the voters came out. There are some ads running in our state from Joe Biden, and you know what's what's interesting is that no one has really secured, at least in my opinion, uh, President Obama endorsement, although you, you do see a lot of individuals. I saw Elizabeth Warren, where, where she stuck an Obama mm. ad out there, President <laughs> Obama ad out yep. there, as, as if she was yep. the chosen one. So, you know, in, in, in that desperation, now all of a sudden they're, they're, they're leaning heavy on, on the big ticket, uh, which is President Obama. But like I said, James Clyburn and, and those folks down in, in, in the low country of South Carolina did a tremendous job in getting the voters out there. Uh, I, I talked to some p- people that I know from, from that state, and uh, churches were heavily involved in getting people to the polls to make sure that, you know, we, we, we were heard. And I just think that it was a good week for uh, Joe Biden, a good week for for politics, to be quite honest with you, because I think what emerged is the fact that the African-American vote is significant. Now, of course, the Democrats can't think that they can just rely and take us for granted. But uh, certainly the vote is is, is significant. If, if we didn't learn that in 2016 by staying home, then we certainly understood that. And uh, Super Tuesday is going to be a big day. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I had a chance to get out and do some early voting uh, myself on, on yesterday and just looking to see how Super Tuesday is going to to weigh itself out. But I, I will say this in my closing. Uh, 1,991 is an astronomical number to reach if if the infighting continues. I don't think that, that, that Budacek will, will concede uh, after Super Tuesday. Uh, certainly Elizabeth Warren may fold a tent. Uh, Bernie Sanders is going to do his... It, same thing he did with, with Hillary Clinton. He's going to fight it to the end, even if he if he sees where he's going to, to not be victorious. Uh, Bloomberg will be interesting. Uh, now that Steyer has, has, has dropped out, Bloomberg will be interesting because that seems to be really the only moderate candidate. Um, like I said, just, just an overall interesting week uh, with, with the elections, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing how Tuesday turns out. Go ahead, Jerome. Finish. Go ahead, man. Finish up. Yeah, I, I do want to say about Clyburn that, um, yeah, Clyburn's endorsement was was big in the sense that, um, you know, politicians like to stay on the fence until after or until they get pretty deep into primaries. And for him to come out, okay. you know, his reason was actually good, and he had one of the probably best endorsement speeches. I've I've heard in a long, long time, probably in in years, that he really came out, and it was kind of a, a more of a personal pitch, um, and kind of validated um, his relationships. I I think it contributed to the margin, but I think Biden was probably going to win anyway. I mean, I'm sorry, Biden was going to win anyway. I think it contributed to the margin, and but people keep reducing like running to, oh, that was just a bunch of black folks, or that was this and that. Again, the numbers across the board in mostly all of those categories favored him, and that should tell us something, right? That should tell you that it is not the mainstream media part of advertising that gets votes. I have won races over the years with little to no money, 
because and, and, and the opponent had a ton of money. There's ways to win races. And so I know we're watching political pundits, but you have to know that that whole advertising marketing thing did not help her Joe Biden in South Carolina. Um, Steyer spent $23 million in South Carolina, and he still came in third. So I just want to say that for the record that, you know, it was a very, not just an impressive win. It was expected that he was going to win, but across the board, it just shows that there's an undercurrent that's going on in the Democratic Party that nobody can measure because it's really difficult to poll black people. So the, the, the media is not getting the stuff right because black people are difficult to poll for good reason, and I'm glad that we are. So that's why when you say somebody like Sanders is still polling high in Texas and California, just think they're, they're polling like college campuses, that kind of thing, those people who want to be engaged. But that may not tell you the real story about people who actually vote. Oh, another story. Yeah. That's a good point. And, you know, one of the things that they were looking at was they were looking at the Clemson County uh, in South Carolina thinking because there was a high population of young people in that area that uh, Sanders would uh, would win that county. But it was a blue out. And, uh, you know, Biden won every county in the state. So, uh, you know. That's a good day and a good win for him. All right, you know what time it is. It is time for After the Break. After the Break is where I ask my panelists a question, and I want them to think about it over the break and give me their response after the break. That's the name, After the Break. All right, this past week we uh, noticed the uh, it was they had the memorial for Kobe Bryant. It was a uh, touching, touching, touching tribute to the Mamba and his daughter and the other people who perished uh, during that helicopter crash. Uh, you heard from Michael Jordan, you heard from uh, Shaquille, you heard from Kobe's best friend, you heard from, you know, female basketball players. It was just a, you heard from Vanessa Bryant, a lot of people were waiting to hear from her, and it was a very touching and moving tribute. If you had a tear, if you didn't have a tear in your eye after watching her get up and talk about her husband and her daughter, uh, you know, then I think you have a black heart, but, you know, that's just me. But here's one thing, and this is where the question comes in here, something that we didn't notice, that also in attendance of that funeral was Kobe Bean, I mean, uh, uh, Kobe's, uh, Kobe's father, his, uh, his mother, and his two sisters, and they weren't mentioned at all. I think maybe one person maybe referenced them, but for the most part, no one acknowledged the parents of Kobe Bryant or his sisters. And so here's the question for after break. Do you think that Vanessa Bryant and people who put together that particular memorial for Kobe was a little small uh, by night and were wrong for not mentioning you know, Kobe's parents and not allowing them to be able to take the stage. Now, we don't know the insides, but just from the outside, the opticals, the optics of it didn't look good. So that's the, that's the question. That's the after-the-break question. Do you think it was wrong for them not to include Kobe's parents in the memorial? Think about it. We'll be right back. You're listening to the serious side. Oh, my goodness, what a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. Hope you're having a wonderful day where you are. We'll be right back after the break. Don't go anywhere. Falling off lately Maybe we just ain't been on the same page No, 
my mind, I'm done fighting. In your heart, you keep trying. And the truth, we're not hiding. Cause that's just the way we, we are. You say you love me when it's like that. You say I love you when it's like that. If it was new, it won't be like that. To everybody else, it would just all be that. But I love and we make up like Well, maybe we just love like that. Well, maybe we just love like that. At times I don't want you around. You do something to make me smile. It's hard for me to try to. actually the first single off the album. It's called I Want You Around. And it goes something like this. It's not that I don't want you here. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's something about the way you stare into my eyes. I know that I don't
welcome back to the serious side. If you are just joining us, here's what you have missed so far. Tonight, the governor of Washington declaring a state of emergency after the first known coronavirus death in the U.S. We are having uh, increasing cases in the United States, and we expect to see increasing cases locally. I, I guess the only way you do this is jump in and speak twice as long as you should. <laughs> Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Look, a guy is a friend of mine down here named Fritz Hollins. He passed away. He said, you want to know what a man in the room will do? Look what they've done. Look what they've done. You talk about concerned about race. Well, my good friend on the end of this platform, he, in fact, bought a system that was a private prison system after after he knew that in fact what happened was they hogtied young men in prison here in this state they in fact made sure that in georgia they did not have health care for the people who were being held they in fact went on he said after he knew that he bought it and then he said he was proud of his accomplishment you talk about what we're talking about with bernie bernie in fact hasn't passed much of anything the fact of the matter is but i no, get no, no. i get the answer that. See, look, that look the fact is here's the deal i'm not out of time you spoke over time and i'm going to talk here's the deal a night of celebration for democratic presidential hopeful joe biden and his supporters after several disappointing results in other U.S. states, the former vice president finally secured a solid win in South Carolina. Biden received a clear boost from African-American voters. All votes you have been knocked down, counted out, left behind. This is your campaign. You said the other day in the cabinet room uh, with African-American leaders, you've got to get away from politics. Uh, you were down in Charleston last night using the word hoax when talking about Democrats. Somebody now is dead from this. Do you regret that kind of no, talk? No, no, no. Hoax referring to uh, the action that they take to try and pin this on somebody because we've done such a good job. The hoax is on them. Not, I'm not talking about what's happening here. I'm talking what they're doing. That's the hoax. That's just a continuation of the hoax, whether it's uh, the impeachment hoax or the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. This is what I'm talking about. Uh, certainly not referring to this. How could anybody refer to this? This is very serious. So, uh, but the way they refer to it, because these people have done such an incredible job, and I don't like it when they are criticizing these people, and that's the hoax. That's what I'm talking about. When we win, we put everything on the table, have a discussion, and see where we go from here. But it's not about causing any division as we go forward. Unity, unity, unity. Whoever our nominee is, we will support with respect for his or her positions, and hopefully with their respect for our positions as well. Seven eight five zero one six seven two is the caller number three four seven eight five zero one six seven two. Welcome back into the serious J Rouse show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network online radio at its best. It's time, as always, to say hello to our beautiful panelists, beautiful and handsome panelists. Let's say good morning to my big sis Vanessa May Belle from the Macanelli. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Happy first Sunday. Happy fun Sunday to you as well. To my little brother, Mr. Johnny G, the place to be, man. Good morning. Uh, okay, well, good morning. Thank you, Vanessa. 
Uh, what's going on, Johnny, man? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Blessed as usual and uh, stimulated by the conversation and dialogue. Absolutely appreciate that. The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree is in the house. What's going on, Jerome? How you doing? Hey, good morning, man. I'm good. How are you? Doing outstanding. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to that. Good morning, sir. How are you doing this morning? Uh, good morning. Good morning, all. Good morning, Jerome. Good morning, Hawk. And good morning, Vanessa. And Mariana Music, that was Love Like That. Uh, Sanol Algera. Right, on top of it, all right, Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some folks in the chat, or are they on punishment as usual? Well, you know, we got the two racists in there, Easy and Volvo Bright, and uh, we got uh, uh, Kavina Man just left for a bike ride. Absolutely. Say good morning to the pastor. He's in the house. Marianne Music is in. I'm pretty sure she'll be happy that you decided to do your job this week. Uh, also, we have uh, another Vanessa. Good morning, Vanessa, from Plymouth, Massachusetts. I don't know where that is. Oh, well, uh, uh, what's going on? How are you? Good morning. Uh, Terrence is in the house. What's happening? Good morning to you as well. Uh, uh, I can't pronounce that name, but hi. <laughs> You're from Dakota. Hi, North Dakota. Hello. I can't pronounce that name. Also, we have uh, Reggie from Dallas, Texas. Uh, man, Artemis, that's a cool name, from uh, sunny California and a whole lot more. We, oh, I have to say hello to this person. Uh, Beth, Elizabeth, uh, listening from Canada. She's been listening to this show for a very long time. So what's going on, Beth? How you doing? Glad you checked in this morning. Good morning. All right, 347-850-1272 is that call in number 347-850-1272. And, um, you know what we do, you know how we get down. So uh, before, it's time to close out. Now he's got me. I'll have to look at another crime meme for the next. I told my wife I wasn't going to do this because I didn't want to see that for the next three or four years. That is what Kobe Bryant does to me. The day Kobe gained my respect was the guys were complaining. The said, Kobe's not passing the ball. I said, I'll talk to him. I said, Kobe, there's no iron team. And Kobe said, I know, but there's an ME in that motherfucker. Welcome back. It's time to close out after the break. And before the break, I asked my panelists, I said, during the ceremony, uh, Kobe Bryant's parents was not mentioned, and they did not have a speaking role. And so the question is, you know, did they do the right thing by not, by not acknowledging, not only not acknowledging their parents, but not even allowing them to participate? Let me start with you, Vanessa. What's your uh, response to the ATB for this morning? I want to make sure that you can hear me. My mic's not blocking in and out. Can y'all hear me? Absolutely. Okay. When I was in Vegas, they had the prettiest shirt of Kobe's upcoming funeral um, post everywhere where you can purchase them. And I got the nicest shirt. I think I sent y'all a picture of it. People didn't care about his mama who robbed him and stole money from him, stole some of his memorabilia. 
They didn't care anything about her. She was there. I saw her. She was sitting on the first row on the left-hand side. Um, his sisters, Kobe cut them off years ago because he helped to educate them, and he felt like they could make it on their own. And one of the sisters is something big in one of those Las Vegas hotels on the Strip. I can't remember what it is. He didn't mention his dad, but one of the people did get up on stage, and they did do condolences to Vanessa, the children, and his parents. Yeah, it was one person. I can't remember who it was. One person. Thought it was Michael, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Kobe could be leaving. Could have left instructions, just like I have, about who I want in my funeral. And so he might not have wanted his family in his funeral. And Vanessa was honoring his wishes about his family because we don't know the backdrop of it. So I'm going to say that the way that funeral was set up is the way that Kobe wanted it set up. And if he didn't want his mama who stole from him to get up there and talk, then she didn't get up there and talk. Okay. All right. So that all right. Good thing. All right, thanks for the response. Remember, we have 90 seconds. And just real quick, I want to make sure that I set the stage because Vanessa is right. There was a lawsuit. We have, no, 90 seconds. Uh, I want to make sure that I set, the, set it right now. There was a lawsuit in 2013 that uh, Kobe sued his parents because they sold memorabilia that he had actually gave to them. So he gave them the memorabilia, and they sold it, and Kobe didn't like that. He won the case, and the, pub, the, the family did come out and uh, issue a public, uh, a policy, a public uh, apology to Kobe and said so they were grateful for the financial support that he continues to support, to, 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 continue to, to, to give to them. And also there was a, a, a thing back in 2016 where they saw Kobe hugging his father. So I just want to make sure I set the tone right. All right, uh, Hawkman, the clock's up. 90 seconds, man. Talk to me. What do you think? What's your response? You know, Jay, I, I had an opportunity to, to, to see uh, that, as I said, uh, in a hospital um, looking over my father uh, and the pain that Vanessa Bryant must have been enduring speaking those words of of, of comfort but having to relive the fact that she lost not only her husband but a child and that would have to bring you to your knees now we don't know what happened within that household that brought her to that decision. Uh, I think that that was her decision based off of the pain that maybe she's seen her husband have to experience with family. You know, we can't choose our family, but our family is our family. And, and mama and daddy will always be mama and daddy. But as a wife, as a wife, you know, as, as you become a man, you take a wife and now that becomes part of your flesh or your flesh bone of your bone. And, and I think that the decision that she made was done solely out of love. And uh, I don't question seconds. the fact that the, that, 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 that the father and mother didn't have a, a, a significant role. They were present. They were there. And I think that that was based off of what she has seen being reflected in their household uh, throughout All these right. last 14, 15 years she's been married to him. Okay. All right, good job. All right, listen, just a little bit, add a little bit more content to the to the story. Uh, you know, one of the things that really created the rift between Kobe and his parents is that they did not approve of the fact that Kobe married Vanessa because she's from the Latino community and she's not African-American. And so they did not attend the wedding. So I just wanted to put that out there. All right, Jerome, man, clock's on. 90 seconds, man, your response to the ATB this morning. 
Well, you know, I don't like to, like, push rumor and stuff too much, but I think that, um, you know, when Shaq came back on um, TNT for some basketball game, he said he wanted to make sure that he sent his condolences to um, Kobe's mother and father. Um, Snoop, I remember, did something, and he put something out, shouting out their mother and father. You cannot, you know, people have riffs in families, but I would not call those guys any kind of names or even the ability to say that um, you sold something that was in, that I gave you. Um, If Kobe, you know, everybody knows, you know, not to get Jay a bunch of letters, but Kobe was not nice when he was young either. You know what I mean? Kobe said that he grew up. Like, even his riff with, with, um, with Shaq. It was a part of Kobe being immature. He realized that a little bit seconds. later, and he changed a little bit. Well, you can take the rest of it, but that's all I wanted to say about it. That's a good point. And we actually, matter of fact, to be honest with you, Jerome, I don't know if you were there that that Sunday we did it. The actual first ATB was, you know, the whole situation about his legacy and that whole thing with Gail King. So, you know, I like the way you wrapped that up, and uh, I think you and I are on the same page when it comes to that. All right, Mr. Elias, man, 33, 90, 90 seconds, man, your thoughts. Well, Jay, as you know, I thought it was wrong, to be honest. They birthed this guy, brought this guy into the world. I don't know the full, full story of what happened and what was behind the scenes, but any at, at that point in time, man, you know, you know that that they they lost a the child, they lost they they lost yep. their child, so they shouldn't have been disrespected if that's what it was. But then again, I don't know the backstory if they wanted to speak or if if they did not want to speak. So if if, if the backstory is that she stopped them from speaking. Um, I thought I think that I thought that that was just total disrespect, and you know, they did they did bring this boy this guy into the world. So the bottom line is, you know, they should they should have been allowed to speak at this son's funeral. Good stuff, Mr. Elias, and I'll take the remaining 30 seconds of yours. I definitely agree with you. I think the fact that the matter is, that because of the riff of marrying Vanessa and didn't attend the funeral, they created a riff between Kobe and his and his parents. And remember, if there was no, there would be no Kobe without his parents. And you know, they didn't even what they weren't even featured doing some of the pictures that they were showing, at least the ones we saw on television. And just to back piggyback, piggyback on what Vanessa said here, real quick, Vanessa talked about being prepared. You know. I'm pretty sure at 41 doesn't think he was going to die anytime soon, but it just needs to tell you you need to be instant in season and out of season and make those arrangements no matter how old or young you are. All right, guys, thank you. Next week, another After the Break. It seems to be a very popular segment, so we'll keep it as a part of our show. All right, folks, here we go. I got into... I got into this race for really, really good reasons. I got into this race because I thought that people weren't adequately addressing racial injustice in this country. And it's true. And it's true. And I thought that we were at risk as a country in terms of climate and that that expressed itself in terms of environmental injustice. And we've certainly seen that. And that's true and that we live in a country that's deeply unjust economically, where rich people have been profiting at the expense of everybody else. And that's really true. 
And my family and I have been working on those things for decades. And let me say one last thing. When the Lord closes a door, he opens a window. I will find that window and crawl through it with you. I promise you that. That was Tom Steyer uh, during his concession speech. He dropped out of the race last night. And so that's the topic for this final, uh, final, yeah, it was beautiful, final topic of the day, final segment of the day, I should say. All right, who do we need to be looking at at this point? Because, you know, you guys mentioned this during the first portion of the show, folks who are in this thing. You know, we had a show a few weeks back, and we talked about people who we said had no chance to win the Democratic nomination. But a lot of the folks that were said during that time, and I was really astonished because Johnny D, I think he said Elizabeth Warren. I'm like, wow, times she was really well in the polls. But it just goes to show you folks that we know what the heck we talk about around here sometimes. You know what I'm saying? It's not hyperbole to use a term that uh, Biden has used often when he speaks to groups of people. But so, so who do, who needs to get out of this thing? Because they had an interview with uh, Mike Bloomberg, uh, Johnny D, and he was like, look, uh, you know, I'm, I'm staying in. And, uh, you know, I spent all this money. And think about his strategy. He said, look, I'm just participating in Super Tuesday, and as long as I have a legitimate chance of winning, then I'm going to stay. But the polls are saying that he has taken votes from Joe Biden. And remember, Bloomberg got into this thing because he didn't think that Biden was strong enough to defeat Bernie Sanders. So if everyone's goal, especially the moderate candidates, if everyone's goal is not to prevent Bernie Sanders from becoming, you know, the Democratic nominee, a person who's not a Democrat, who's a socialist, and 64% of moderate Republicans say they won't vote for, then why aren't these people stepping out? So who do you think, man, needs to... You know, uh, you know, hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more, Johnny D. Well, it won't be one word that I'll sum it up in because I, I do want to touch on Bloomberg. Uh, had Bloomberg stuck with the ads and not ever appeared on a debate station, he probably would do better. Uh, I think that what we are seeing <laughs> is his live presence. Uh, even you know the uh, the depiction of him on on Saturday Night Live, I found it to be quite humorous. Uh, with with uh, you know the, the the character of Elizabeth Warren taunting him and and almost making him look timid. At this point, he can only do he can only do damage. I, I think that uh, uh, and, and and be mindful of this right here. A couple of weeks ago, I said this here, and I won't back out of this here. Uh, that that. That stop, frisk, and search, you know, I'm yeah. not going to condemn him for that. I mean, New York had a high crime. It's, you know, you target populations. Uh, been there, done that. Uh, like I say, you know, can condemn whoever you want to. But when you got people that's being held hostage within their household because they can't come out because you got these, these, these youngsters out there running them up, and somebody has to deal with it. So, that's not my critiquement of him. My critiquement of him comes with the fact that he has shown no real substance um, in, 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 on that debate stage, nor at live audience having to answer and atone for some of the, some of the, the, the questions in regards to these, uh, these non-disclosure agreements. So, in essence, Tom Steyer dropping out, Duval Patrick dropping out, Bloomberg dropping out, to me would leave only one person who is somewhat moderate and that's Amy Gorbachev. 
if Amy Globachoff backed out, then in essence, the only real moderate candidate that you have will be Joe Biden. Now, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and suggest that uh, Joe Biden is not going to have to uh, make some concessions with the African-American community. And one of the things that I do want to speak about, Jay, at some point is the, is, is what we need. Uh, we got great political capital as African-American voters. So what we got to do, we got to get some 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 understanding and some agreement from some of these candidates. But Mike Bloomberg and Amy Globachoff, uh, those are the individuals that I feel like need to step down so that that 1,991 can be more obtainable. Well, those two, he called them out. What about you, Vanessa? Who at this stage you think needs to exit stage left? Really, you know, whittle this thing down. Because remember the last time we did this, it was just only Bernie and Hillary. Now we still have, you know, five people in this race. What say you? Okay, I'm on Joy's page um, from MSNBC. And last night, it was a long thread of like 383 when I went to bed. And they were asking the same question that you just asked. And somebody came in and broke it down and said that Pete needed to step out and not Amy, but Pete needed to step out and uh, Bloomberg needs to step out because these people are dividing up the vote between Bernie and Biden. They need Amy to stay in the race because we're fixing to go to Massachusetts or something, which is her part of the world. And they said that they'd rather her get the vote, but Bernie not get them. So I guess what they're saying is there's two people that's no way in hell can benefit one way or the other. That's Pete and Bloomberg. They need to get out of the way. But the rest of them need to stay in the race until we get through Texas and we get through Massachusetts to California. That's what they said last night uh, on Joy from MSNBC's page. And this was her actual page, not the blooper page. So uh, I'm just going to have to stick with what they say, that we need to keep them in there so that Bernie won't get the vote. So let Amy get them and let... um, let Bloomberg get up whatever he's going to get until we get through these next two states, which is Texas and Massachusetts, and then California is going to be the real deal. All right, Jerome, man, same question for you, man. What, what are you thinking, man? I mean, I mean, isn't it time for some of these people to get out of this thing, or should they just stay, you know, stand fast until, you know, Super Tuesday? I mean, because there's a great possibility that after Super Tuesday that Bernie Sanders will have so many delegates that it's going to be hard to catch him in the remaining uh, primaries that are left on the calendar. What say you? Yeah, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a legitimate argument for, for, um, for anybody to say, like, it's like saying that you know that Bernie Sanders is going to get those votes. Like I said, you you look at South Carolina and just what what just happened, right? Seventeen to tw- seventeen to twenty nine year olds in bl- when you talk about black people, we're talking Biden got forty percent and Sanders got what thirty six percent, thirty to forty four. Biden got forty seven percent, he got twenty one, forty five to sixty four. Biden gets. 67%, Sanders gets 12, and anybody 65 and older, Biden got 81%, and Sanders got 8. He didn't beat black people in any category, you know, and so just to say that the diversity thing is changing in a dynamic in a different state than it does in South Carolina, 
is not is not true. I mean, it's not good. But I think that we're we are projecting something on like Sanders has this thing running away, and Sanders doesn't. He has a good ground game. They're on the ground, and those guys are vocal and they're rabid. But that doesn't mean anything. And I just want to say this really quickly also about um, Bloomberg. I know um, Johnny is not from um, New York, and he's not in New York State. Everybody in every other state needs to listen to people from New York State. Stop and frisk is not something that people in bad neighborhoods suffered under. We're talking about 45 million people were stopped in that 10 years of stop and frisk. 45 million, right? Only 1%, less than 1%, had any kind of weapon at all. That means we are under surveillance. Like every other state in this doggone country, black people know what it's like to be accused of something before anybody knows anything. 45 million people. I mean, I'm sorry, it's 4.5 million, I'm sorry, stopped in that 10 years, and 1% was found with a weapon. So 4.5 million people ain't nothing to sleep on. And Bloomberg, for 10 years after he lost the Supreme Court, challenge said that he believed that stopping fist was right. He was willing to break the law just to harass black people. It is, it is unheard of for even conservative black people to look at black folks and black communities as they're, like, um, infested with crime, right? They weren't just stopping people in a certain area. They were doing that to all black people. So don't blow Bloomberg off as some dude who is friendly to black people because there's a lot of stuff that's coming out about what he says about black people behind black folks' back. So I want to be really clear about that to say, you know, yeah, I've seen people in South Carolina. I've seen people on the news. It's like, yeah, we support Bloomberg, and what he did in New York was a little bit different. New York's a different animal. Yes, New York has 8 million people. But when 4.5 million stops happen, I bet you 3.5% um, million of those people were black. And that, Remember, Eric Gardner got choked out because they made up this thing of him selling loose cigarettes. That was a part of Stop and Frisk that got that guy shot, choked out. The kid that got shot at Pace University, the dude was shot by police officers because he said he didn't stop on my command. That's stopping frisk policies that's causing this. So don't don't blow that stuff off, man. Stopping frisk is a is a mili- uh, is a military presence of oppression on black people, and that dude believes in that, and he said they should apply this in every city in this country. We need we need to have some advocates stand up. When, it, when that kind of stuff comes. Don't blow it off is all I'm saying. And like I said, ask somebody from New York um, about what stopping press does. And then you'll see that a whole lot different. The kid who the kid who, who died in Rikers committed suicide. The dude was in jail, what, three years? That's what stopping press does. And he wasn't guilty of any crime. That's what got no. me. Didn't even charge him. But, yeah. but by stopping press standards, you stop somebody find out what they're doing, what's going on. It's like not knowing the statistics that you're going to run into 10 white people with a gun before you run into one black person with a gun. That's what the statistics are. But you're going to stop every black person you see. All right, let me get this to response here. Real quick. My God, Jerome. Oh my you God. <laughs> All right, let me get Mr. Elias' response here real quick because we're running out of time. Go ahead, Mr. Elias, man, final word. 
Well, my my thoughts are I I have to agree with Vanessa. I think Pete and uh, and Bloomberg should drop out, man. Bloomberg is just spending money to me at this point in time. And if you look at all the you know the, the, the stuff that he's done, you know, and all I've I've watched some of the stuff that he's done on interviews and said on interviews, dude, he's racist as hell. He is. He's a very racist cat, so. I just don't have no no love for Bloomberg whatsoever. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, I tell you what, that is uh, that's it for the talking portion of the show. Coming up next, we'll take a break and uh, we'll have Chatterbox. Interesting uh, comments coming in from the. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get them all in because I can't get to all the websites. Uh, but uh, I think the last segment has. Uh, have some people wanting to weigh in on it. You can always call in, 347-850. Well, actually, you can't because we're not taking any more phone calls for the rest of the show. All right, we'll see how much we can uh, get in uh, during the uh, chatterbox section of the show. And uh, we'll be right back. You listen to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Walden University. Are you looking to create change in your community? A doctoral degree from Walden can help you release your greatness and make a bigger impact on a local, national, or global scale. Become more. Visit waldenu.edu slash doc. Tensions have been rising this weekend along Greece's border with Turkey. Thousands of migrants have gathered there after Turkey said it would no longer restrain them from trying to reach the European Union. The United Nations Migration Organization says at least 13,000 people have massed at the border. Turkey's decision to open its borders with Europe comes as migrants and refugees flee the war in Syria. The Syrian army pressing an offensive in the Idlib region where civilians are fleeing Syrian forces who are pressing a military offensive there. Museums around the world are opening up their collections digitally, and NPR's Neta Ulabi reports the Smithsonian Institution has announced it's releasing millions of images for anyone to use for free. Nearly 3 million images from the Smithsonian's 19 museums, research centers, and archives are now in the public domain. That means they can be used for anything, according to a Smithsonian video. For your research. For educational use in classrooms. For art. Or for commercial use. For design. The new database includes 3D models of spaceships and endangered plants, and portraits of presidents, pioneers, and provocateurs. The Smithsonian plans to release thousands more images over the coming months in what's intended to be one of the largest open access initiatives from any museum in history. Neto Ulibi, NPR News. In Milwaukee, a vigil is being planned for this evening to remember the victims of Wednesday's mass shooting at a brewery. An employee shot and killed five co-workers before killing himself. The vigil will be held at City Hall. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News from Washington. Folks, it is time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the world-famous chat room and from social media sites that we monitor throughout the show. Mr. Elias, man, we have anything in there worth talking about? Uh, Mr. Elias? Mr. Elias dropped. Okay. Well, until Mr. Elias comes back, let me read what I have. And uh, I'm trying to collect them. What I usually do is go to the different websites and cut and paste them and put them somewhere where I can find them. But... Uh, a lot going on. All right, so listen, from the pastor, he says, peace and blessings to my family on the day that the Lord has made. That's what I'm talking about, Pastor. Uh, this after the break, 
segment is a nice touch to the show. I know that she didn't ask my opinion, <laughs> but I'm going to give it to you. Vanessa, let's see, Vanessa, doubt of the, okay, he said I'm going to give Vanessa Bryant the benefit of the doubt and hope in capital letters that the parents were asked and declined to participate in the service. One last thing. Jay, thanks for reaching out to me. I would continue to pray that God continues to use you and guide you on your way. Thank you, Pastor. Mary Other Music, Mr. Elias, um, waiting for last week's artist. Uh, she said, I watched the Kobe Memorial service while I was on a photo shoot in L.A. I'm sorry, in Las Vegas. It was beautiful, and I cried during the whole ceremony, which really pissed off my makeup people. <laughs> okay. Freddie from Miami, Florida says, I think that the Dems really screwed this thing up, and I think he's talking about the whole primary process. He said they changed the rules that allowed a Mike Bloomberg on the stage in the first place. Well, a lot of people agree with that. Ramon from Fort Bend, Indiana, he says, I agree with Jay. I saw, I don't know what, okay, I agree with Jay. Um, Mike, he should play some role. Okay, he said somebody agree with you with Mike Bloomberg. I'm not sure what he's talking about. He said he should play some role in whoever wins the primary in the general election. He spent a lot of money helping dark and brown people, and you may question his reasons for doing it, but the bottom line is the money helped finance programs that benefit the DMB people. And, okay, there you go. The money helped finance programs that benefited dark and brown people. Okay, and Jamal from Chicago, Illinois, he says, what a difference a few minutes make. He said, uh, first, I agree with Johnny D., because I do live in a neighborhood that is often under siege due to gang violence and shootings. But then after hearing Mr. Spree's response, sometimes we need to think about those that the policy actually had a more uh, effect on. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. And there are a lot more, but I can't get to them all. All right. So you know what time it is. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? All right, folks, it's time for all the need-to-know bases with uh, my main man, Mr. Jerome Esprit. Man, Jerome, man, what's going on this morning? What do you have? All right, well, first, I want to say that um, before I get started into that, to your um, chatterbox comments, yes, I'm not disagreeing with Johnny D in uh, in a narrow, really narrow way. There are some areas that you do need presence and you need policing in, but we can't have people there who think like he thinks about black people. That, because if they think black people like that across the board, that's problematic for all of us. So I understand the points, and um, you know everybody's community is handled different, and we can relate to them. But we actually have to be smarter as black folks to see how policies affect us all across the board. Because once you can apply and make a stereotypical judgment of black people across the board, we are all going to be affected to our own detriment. So I want to make sure I put that out there. Now, since we're in Black History Month, um, still, well, we're kind of technically still in Black History Month, Shirley Chisholm, who was the first African-American woman elected to the House of Representatives in 1968, represented New York State in 1972. So Chisholm was the first major party African-American candidate not to mention the first female candidate for president of the United States. So shout out to Representative Shirley Chisholm. And also, um, I did talk a little bit about um, Katie's founding father, um, John Jacques uh, Dusselines, 
um, who is considered the founding father of Haiti. He was um, the first black head of state in the Americas in 1804. And if you want to know some good history on focus, go check out um, some history on why Haiti was the first um, first free state in America and how they freed, you know, Colombia, Venezuela, all of the islands, the Dominican Republic, Dominican Republic, which was Hispaniola, Hispaniola prior to that. I can't even say it. Um, so anyway, it's good history you check out. So just as a assignment for everybody for Black History, wanted to say that. Um, and you know, I just want to shout out Ayana Flowers. Now Ayana is giving us our Black History thought of of the, of the month. I did one from her before, but she says mm-hmm. this is just our Black History thought for Black people. Um, black people don't use measuring cups. We pour seasoning till our ancestors prefer yeah. enough child. That's your black yeah. history. <laughs> Just your insight to the culture. We don't measure. <laughs> well, that's good. Nah, Shout out, Ayana. That, I, I, yeah, that's true. That's true. I have no sister how to that, make something. And my sister, you put a little of this, a little of that, a little of this, a little of that. I'm like, okay, you're right. <laughs> you know, I, I was going to say, the funny thing about that is all, all black folks just like generally. And so I was making something and my sister-in-law was like well how do you do that and I said I don't know how much of anything I put in anything my aunt used to make it like that so that's how I make it <laughs> like I don't know yeah, what to tell you yeah, exactly. we all do that right Vanessa mm-hmm. a, a pinch of this and a pinch of that that's why we couldn't get a lot of my mom's recipes because she didn't measure anything <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you would that's think it. that's bad you would think that's a bad thing but again in black history, it's why you need to hang around with your elders. I ain't telling you to measure yep. Jack. Hang out with your elders. <laughs> You'll learn mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> now, now, in news, the U.S. Uh, Food and Drug Administration announced that a uh, drug source in part or entirely from China is now um, in short supply due to the outbreak from the coronavirus, but they did not specify which medications. But they are saying you might want to check because if they're sourced from there in whole or in part, there's going to be a shortage. Now, wow. Yeah, there was a story that said just drinking um, two cups of milk a day can increase your risk of breast cancer in women by up to 80%. So I heard re- that, man. Yeah, it was from um, Loma Linda University in California. They said the founding. Um, it found that drinking a third of a cup of milk every day is equivalent to a, which is equivalent to a small latte, um, spikes the risk by a third, and two cups mm. make it jump by eighty percent. Wow, yeah, that's I heard tell- that one. I was like, milk yep. ain't good for you. I heard that. Yep, tells you something about dairy, right? Now, mm-hmm. Amazon banned the sale of more than a million products after they found claims uh, they found claims to protect and cure the, the uh, coronavirus. So people are putting stuff out on Amazon and Amazon banned a million products. Wow. Yeah. They people said it was like tens of thousands. Yeah, they said tens of thousands of deals from merchants uh, and said they, they attempted to price gouge customers on medical masks and more things like that. Mm. Yep. Now, um, 
I know we kind of missed our window on our Super Bowl, but you know, Sakira and J Lo like halftime show. It sparked mm-hmm. one thousand three hundred um, FCC complaints <laughs> with parents saying that there was too much extreme booty shaking, pole dancing, and SM. People got nothing to do. Get over it. They complained about it. They said uh, one of the more strongly worded complaints um, complained about uh, said that their eyes had been molested. I don't even know why that was put in the report. Oh, Lord. Don't watch it. Turn it off. Turn the damn thing off. Your eyes are, if you are that offended, turn it off. You got to write not to watch it. Don't, don't, don't watch it. Why are you sitting there watching if you're offended? That's why I can't understand that crap. I don't turn on Fox News because I don't want to hear no lies. I'm sick of lies. So I turn off Fox News. I don't have to watch it. So if you didn't like this halftime show, turn it off. Look, oh I, bet the, I bet you it's the same peop, people who watch Trump call people SOBs, and uh, yes. they're like, oh, well, that don't mean anything. But now somebody, you know, they seem like they was a little too risky. <laughs> I, I bet you it's the wow. same folks. Yeah. yeah, I bet it is, too. Yeah. So they said they received um, 1,300 complaints filed uh, within hours following the broadcast. And some of them said that they had to shield their children's eyes or um, brand, branded the close-up shot of the stars as embarrassing. I'm like, man, y'all. They're just time. mad because J-Lo is 50 years old and got a body like that, and they don't. That's all it is. <laughs> turn the channel. Yeah, yeah. I say turn the channel, right? We will. We watch some stuff that you shouldn't be sexualizing everybody on TV anyway. So technically, if you can't control yourself by seeing them dancing, just turn the station. If you can't handle it, you'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, t- um, presidential candidate um, Tom Steyer um, visited Allen University, which is a historical black college in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, to rally the vote, right, during the primary on Saturday. He brought along gospel singer Yolanda Adams and rapper Juvenile. Now, yeah, here's the I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw the clip. Who did that? Wait, Tom Sire. Tom Sire. I would have voted for him because that clip of him uh, while Juvenile saying back that thing up back, it, while he's up on stage. <laughs> I, I, am, saw, I was laughing so hard, Jerome. Uh, he was out there with juveniles. I go back that thing up. I'm like, oh my god. Look, <laughs> I, I don't know on his campaign staff thought that that was a good idea to have black people. Like you got a, you got Yolanda Adams, and then you got mm-hmm. them. And I don't know who thought that was a good crowd. But Sire <laughs> spoke in front of attendees. Um, uh, spoke to attendees for about um, racial injustice and other issues. Um, for 11 minutes, like he, it was an event. So he actually spoke to them, and then Juvenile came up on stage. The hype man started cussing out, and then they just <laughs> dropped the music and they went to their party. <laughs> so I have, I have a lot of respect for Sire. Sire said that he's not going anyplace, which means he's probably going to use hundreds of millions of his dollars just to hit at Trump. So again, when people say Biden don't have no money, I think people are going to free up some money for him. But Tom Steyer, one of the only black-owned banks 
in South Carolina, the biggest depositors in that bank is Tom Steyer and his wife. They've been oh. the biggest, biggest depositor for years. Really? Only black bank in mm-hmm. South Carolina. Yes. Tom Steyer is pretty wow. well known in in um, South Carolina. He has really done a lot. People talk about Bloomberg investment, but if you're a billionaire, your investments need to be across the board. So they they give money to all politicians. It's a lobbying effort and it's write-off money most of the time. Tom Steyer, Steyer has actually immersed themselves into black folks, into helping black people. Bloomberg, that was his write-off money. I think their motivations are totally different on how they see each other. I actually like Steyer. I wouldn't vote for him, but that doesn't mean he wasn't viable. I think in, if he came from a different perspective, I think people would listen to him. But if you listen to Tom Steyer, he's actually pretty pretty smart, and and um, he has a you know he has really good balance. So you know, uh, unfortunately, that's why he said spending twenty three million dollars in media in South Carolina, not doing you know he said if he did if he came in third, that would be a good showing. And he came in third, but he got no delegates. And so that's why he said he saw no path, but he wasn't going anyplace. But much respect yeah. to him. Um, anyway, it's not that you have to hate everybody who's running against the person who you're cheering right. for. You know, although all of them have problems that we're going to probably talk about at some point. Tom Steyer um, seems like he was pretty decent and a decent person. Now, I don't know if you guys heard about the... Um, because I'm watching this on the internet where people are putting up Public Enemy is doing a, a, a rally for Bernie Sanders. So mm. a lot of fans were excited. It's going to be in California. Um, but shortly after that announcement came, Flavor Flav East, uh, attorney issued a cease and desist over Public Enemy's performance at his rally. The, the, the attorney really? said, Yep, the planned uh, the planned performance will only be Chuck D of Public Enemy. It will not be a performance of Public Enemy, is what Flavor's uh, attorney wrote to Sanders in that season. Mm. Says now, they said that those who truly know Public Enemy stands for uh, what time it is, and there is no Public Enemy without Flavor Flav. So Flav is objecting <laughs> the unauthorized use of his likeness. Image, trademark, the clock, all of it. Promotion materials <laughs> circulated by the campaign. And, um, um, and you know, that Bernie people are sending out. Now, here's the, here's the check, because this becomes a black-on-black crime in a second. Chuck D um, gave a statement to Billboard that's firing back at Flav, said that Flav chooses to dance for his money. No, this is his attorney. And um, he doesn't believe in work like this. And he has a year to get his act stuff. To, he has a year to get himself and his act together. That's what Chuck's lawyer said, and he said that Chuck is the sole owner of that trademark. But Sanders' campaign came back, yeah. and they did announce at the rally in Los Angeles would feature a performance by Public Enemy Radio, not Public Enemy. And it's getting kind of convoluted. <laughs> the group yes, distinguishes it itself from Public Enemy. Um, the group, and that does not feature Flavor Flav. So Flav was like, this is mm. not public enemy, so stop putting my picture up there with Bernie Sanders. So, anyway. <laughs> I know. Wow. See, they, Bernie Sanders is splitting my community, man. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. saying that for the record. It's like, what's up with this? All right. Now, 
A federal judge in Idaho has topped out the oil and gas leases of nearly a million acres of public land um, that was leased out by the Trump administration as arbitrary and um, the policy of cutting off public input for the environmental protections was unauthorized. So the Justice Department officials are reviewing the ruling before deciding whether to appeal. So they tossed out those leases. I mean, it was millions of acres they're just trying to give away. Wow. Now, yeah. Now, Senate Democrats and um, Senate De- Democrats stopped Republican, uh, Republican bill to ban abortion after 20 weeks and threatening prison for doctors failing to treat babies born during abortion. I don't know what that means exactly, but the really? Republicans failed to reach 60 votes, um, which, would needed, which was needed to pass this, pass two new abortion bills, which Democrats say are attack on women's rights. Um, but the GOP, you know, are going to be the GOP. That's all I got to say about them nuts. Now, the, the heiress of the... Um, is is a hot pocket a snack? Is, is it a meal? Yeah. You know the hot pockets for the yeah. microwave. Yeah, yeah, hot pockets is a snack. You going to prison? It's a, it's a snack. Yeah. So the heiress yeah. apologized for trying to give her daughters an unfair advantage, and she is sentenced to five months in prison for paying three hundred thousand dollars to get them in college. So Michelle mm. um, <laughs> Janvis, whose family developed the hot pockets before selling their company, was sentenced on Tuesday in Boston federal court. What are you mm. gonna say about that? Wow. Oh. It's just, it's, it's, it's not Vanessa yeah, that, yeah, Vanessa's oh, like she's a, going to jail. Vanessa's actually going to jail. Well, um mm-hmm. see I don't I don't know what I what I think about this. You know, legacy people already pay to get their kids in school, so yeah. I know it's unfair, but then they all should go to jail. But it's funny that people like Donald Trump who Probably got got his degrees because his daddy dropped a large endowment to somebody because he definitely is not smart. <laughs> we mm-hmm. can go back and arrest a lot of people. <laughs> I think if they start that can of worms, it's gonna be bad. Now, um, all right, we have time for one more Jerome. Time for one more story. <clears throat> oh, okay. Well, um, St. Louis scientists um, are saying that they have a cure for di- they cure diabetes in mice um, just two weeks after using converted human cells to produce insulin, insulin, which is giving hope to 400 million people that, you know, this Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis may have successfully cured diabetes uh, for the first time. They've never done that in mice ever, but this is the first time they got a um, a type of cure. There you go, man. There you go. Look at you, man, stepping up, ending on something that we can all be proud of instead of some of the oh, stuff you're doing. You're not proud of us. I'm proud. I'm proud. I'm proud. I uh, appreciate you being there. All right. It's time for our final thoughts, ladies. The first around here. Uh, so, Vanessa, final thoughts. Okay. Let me say that I am blessed. And I am so grateful to have such friends like you guys that understand my drive for politics that I can pick up the phone and call one of y'all. Yeah, you don't never answer. I can pick up the phone and call one of y'all and just hold a conversation about what's going on in the world. And that is very pleasing to my heart and soul. I ask that everybody use caution, wipe everything, um, use plenty of hand sanitizer, forget the mask, just use hand sanitizer, 
and just be cautious of your surroundings of, of germs and, 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 and being a healthy person. So it's first Sunday, and I'm going to new members uh, dinner at this church. Bobby has a birthday coming up, so let me say happy birthday to the love of my life because his birthday is on Wednesday. And uh, I will see y'all on next week, and I'm just glad to be a part of it. And Mariana Music, uh, Mariana, I was in Vegas the same time you were in Vegas, and Jay says that you are just absolutely gorgeous. So I would have loved to have met you and just to see who's on the show every week. So thank you for being here. The next time I'm in Vegas and you're in Vegas, we need to go have chip lunch on me. See y'all Oh, look week. at you. And uh, happy birthday, Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones. And I think you took a, took a shot at me. I don't remember you calling me, but you know what? I'm gonna let that. I'm gonna let that slide. I'm gonna be the bigger man today, okay? Because you ain't called me. I ain't have no phone. Yeah, that's the right side of me. All right, <laughs> my little brother, man. Final thoughts. <laughs> Once again, would like to thank each one of you all for allowing me an opportunity to to have a voice on on such a distinguished an honorable show and certainly to the listeners that allow us to come in and, and share our points of views and our perspective. Um, as, as we celebrate Lent, um, you know, the, the goal is to give up something. And this year what I've done is not only have I given up some things, but I've also incorporated some things in my life that will hopefully improve um, not only my, my quality of life uh, when it comes to, to health and, and, and and your well-being, which means a great deal. Uh, on last week, uh, my father suffered a stroke, and I've been dealing with that oh throughout the week. So I want you all to to certainly say some prayers for him. He is getting better, but uh, like I say, just just take care of yourself early on in your life, and then you don't have to worry about some of the issues that 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 come to you um, later in life. Um, but again. Improving your quality of life, not only financially, socially, emotionally, physically, mentally, uh, but, but your health means a great deal in regards to being able to enjoy the last years of your life. So to each one of you all, God bless, and thank you all again for having an opportunity to be part of this, this broadcast. Oh, man, I pray, man, wow, you know, man, I met your pops, man. Oh, man, goodness, man, it's when things slow down for you, man, give me a call. I want to definitely talk to you, man. I love you and pass uh, my well wishes on to your father, man. Appreciate you. No, wow, that's, that's, no doubt. We'll, I'll definitely call you. All right, man, wow. That's uh, All right, Jerome, man, final thought. Wow. Yep, you know, blessings and my prayers are um, for for you and your father and keep keep strong and hopefully everything gets better. Also, you know, with LES, I know as we all have, you know, parents who who are, um, you know, going through health stuff, that it's one of those things that I definitely don't say that often because I don't really, you know, get too personal while we're on the show. But my my prayers are to all of you guys and and your families and everybody's health, man. Um, It is something that we have to be conscious of. And um, look out for So that's how, that's what I want to leave today Is that everybody um, um, Peace and blessings, love and light To everyone um, And good health for everyone well, Good stuff man We're under uh, 30 seconds Mr. Elias. So for all the people out there who are listening Live we appreciate you We'll see you back here next Sunday For those who continue and always listen At their leisure the show goes on Mr. Elias, man, final thoughts First and foremost, I'd like to say happy birthday to Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones. And Johnny, man, my prayers are definitely.
my my prayers are definitely with you, man. You know, a parent is something that you you, you treasure and you you know you put put far above everything else. So I, my prayers are definitely with you, and uh, I'll, I'll definitely put them in my prayers, man. Thank you, my brother. Every time I do Thank every you. day is pray, man. And uh, for the folks out there that are listening. If you if you if you own a home or if you own a, a place to live and somebody was trying to break in, wouldn't you beef up security? If you knew there was an imminent threat of somebody trying to break in your home and, and, and destroy something or steal something from you, wouldn't you break wouldn't you wouldn't you fight for your home? Well then folks, let me ask you a question. Why is Miss McConnell shutting down any cybersecurity attacks that are coming through on his desk? Why is Donald Trump not fighting for America to say, hey, look, folks, these things are happening to us. People are attacking our elections. We need to beef up security. Why are they not doing that? I'll tell you why. Because these people are in bed with these people. So go for what you know. Do for what you do. That's all I have to say. My final thoughts are, you know, once again, uh, Johnny, man, you know how I feel about you, man. I love you, and prayers go to you and your family. And, you know, and I, and I consider myself lucky because I think I'm probably, you know, you and I are probably the only ones here on this show that whose parents are, are still here. And I'm not sure if I, I hope I didn't speak out of turn. I don't want to wish anything bad on anybody. Let me just rephrase that by saying that I'm lucky that my mom, I still have my mother. And, uh, and even though, it, you know, sometimes when I talk to her and, you know, this proud black woman who was one of the most smartest women I know and was an educator for so many years, as I see her lose her memory and see her become feeble, it's something that I have to remind myself that uh, it's a circle of life. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I just cherished every moment and hour and opportunity I get to speak with her because I know there are a lot who do not have that opportunity. And on a personal note, you know, I'll give you this piece of information and give you this piece of advice, and I hope that it goes far with you. You know, as you go through life and as you travel down this path, this thing that we call life, you're going to face a lot of trials and tribulations. But the bottom line is, how do you come out? What happens at the end of the road? What happens when the dust is over? What happens when the clouds are gone and you see nothing but blue skies and a bright sunny day? That's when you can determine what type of character you have as a person. That's how you can tell who you are and what you're all about and, you know, how strong your shoulders can be. So all I'm going to say is, my final thought is, do your best and let God do the rest. And on that note, Mr. Elias, Amen. it's Sunday. Amen. And we're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show. It's a pleasure to serve you, but it's even a bigger pleasure serving God. So, for Johnny D, for Vanessa May Belly, for the Macanelli, for my main man Jerome and Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Rouse saying have a wonderful work week. And remember, Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. God bless y'all. We'll talk to you. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.